We're on the air. Back. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? To more of Early Break with Sip and Jay. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Well, we are 17 days away from kickoff in Ireland, Nebraska Northwestern, trying to Nebraska trying to get off to a good start after a rough start last year and a loss in Champaign to Illinois. We're taking a little dive around the Big Ten West. We'll start with the, the team that's supposed to win it, Sip, supposed to be the champs of the Big Ten West, and that is Wisconsin. So we'll go out to Milwaukee and be joined by our friend, Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. I let's let's go back to I just saw the the poll before media days. It said Nebraska. I said Wisconsin. Excuse me. Wisconsin appears to be somewhat of a heavy favorite to win the Big Ten West. Do you agree that they should be considered that before the season, Jeff? Uh, I did not pick them to okay. win the division. I've got. I gave a slight edge to Iowa. Okay. Um, I think Wisconsin. I think they're going to have a good defense. I think they have a chance to have some decent special teams, but still have questions about the offense. And plus, if you look at the crossover games, they get Maryland at home, which Maryland's improved, has a really good offense, should win that one. But you go to Michigan State and Ohio State. And I won't be surprised if they lose both those games. So I think, and plus they have to go to Iowa and Nebraska this year. Their schedule is not, you don't look at their schedule and say, hey, that's a really good schedule or a really easy path to the division title. So I have some questions about him. Jeff Patrikas joins us. Jeff, now, I, now, some of this stuff we addressed with you uh, a couple months ago when you were on our program, but I guess we can revisit it to a certain extent because you probably know a little bit more. You probably know a little bit more about Bobby Ingram and what he's going to do with that offense. He's a first-year offensive coordinator came from the Baltimore Ravens where he's a tight ends coach do you have a feel I mean Wisconsin has really struggled on offense the last two seasons do you have a feel for what it's going to look like what what it might how how differently it might or might not look well let me put it to you this way I talked to some people down at Indian to Big Ten meetings, and I talked to them about Ingram and some of the things that they're hoping to do and some little tweaks and a couple people independently who are, are very good football people said that's nice if they don't get better quarterback play it ain't gonna matter i mean that's not a direct quote i'm paraphrasing but and and i'm of that school of thought i mean one of the things they want to do is be more effective on third and short and fourth and short running the ball i've got a story coming up third and short last year from one to three yards they only converted about 61 percent when you're in third and short and you're a running team that's got to be a much higher percentage um, and their their most effective third down back last year was their fullback, so he's gone. So I talked to one of the linemen yesterday, and they said they've got some new packages they're putting in for short yarded situations. But we'll see how that you know how that works out. But the quarterback has got to be more efficient. He doesn't have to be a star. He's just gotta the ball's got to go to open receivers. When they're open, you got to hit them, and you can't have more interceptions than touchdown passes. You're just not going to win that way. Jeff, is anybody pushing him, Jeff, or is it is it Graham Mertz or bust for Wisconsin right now? It's Graham Mertz or bust. I mean, the, the backups, the the number two guys, Chase Wolf, who's a a senior, fifth year senior. He's, I think you can he can get you through some games, but he hasn't proved he hasn't gotten a lot of reps, which is one thing. But he hasn't proved that you can trust him to not 
turn the ball over. He's got a really high uh, interception rate. Again, hasn't played a lot, but he, he needs to take care of the ball better when they do have to rely on him. Um, they had to when Graham got knocked out of the Michigan game last year. And early in the season, he had a pick six against Eastern Michigan. It's just you can't turn the ball over. It drives head coaches crazy, and Paul, Paul won't tolerate it. So, yeah, Graham's got to do the job. Otherwise, I, I honestly don't know what they would do. We are thrilled to be joined by one of the Jake, one of the absolute best football beat writers in the business, Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I'm interested, Jeff, in Paul Christ and how the fan base regards him. Wisconsin hasn't won the West since 2019. Again, offense has been, uh, I mean, really has really struggled. What is the fan base's level of confidence? level of excitement as this season approaches i think they're encouraged by the changes and and i'll give you this and i'm sure you can relate to this bobby ingram on media day was you know quoted as saying hey we're still going to run the ball but we want to make teams defend the whole field we want to stretch them horizontally we want to stretch them vertically and of course that's red meat for fans hey we're going to attack we're going to be aggressive and i said it's not going to matter if you don't hit make get the hits with your quarterback hitting the wide receivers down the field. It, that's all Paul wants to attack the field as well. Mm-hmm. People forget that in 2019, Jack Cohn had 18 touchdown passes, five interceptions. They stretched the field with Quintez Cephas. Yes, he did. Um, against Michigan, fourth and three from about the Michigan 36. They're throwing the ball to Cephas on a fade down the sideline. He hits it, leads to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Early second half against Minnesota in mm-hmm. on the driving snow, mm-hmm. they're backed up to their goal line. Mm-hmm. He throws deep to Cephas to, and for a big hit, leads to a touchdown drive. If I've, ta- I've known Paul since 2002 when he was the tight ends coach. He's been a coordinator since five, from five to 11 at Wisconsin. I know how Paul works. I know the guy knows football. But if, if you're trigger man, if you don't know what you're going to get, if it's inconsistent, it affects you as a play caller, and they they really scaled some things back last last year because early in the year Graham really struggled. He struggled in the red zone against Penn State. He had two pick sixes against Notre Dame, so they really dialed things back, relied on the running game, and then Graham got a little comfortable as the season went on. But you know, was the offense as good as they wanted? No, but again, in my opinion, it starts it started and ended with the quarterback last year. 2020, I'll, I'll give everybody a pass. Paul didn't do the play calling because that was a screwed up year with COVID. He said he wasn't prepared. Joe Rudolph called the plays. Um, their two top receivers were out with injuries, both concussions. So that was a screwed up year for the offense. But last year, you saw a lot of warts. And, and again, the quarterback's got to be better this year for that offense to be more effective. Jeff Patrikas joins us, uh, Wisconsin beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, Jeff, Jake, my co-host, was just, he was really hmm. taken aback yesterday when I gave him that stat. Wisconsin allowed 2.1 yards per rush last year. That's it. A measly 2.1 yards per rush. That, now, they lost eight starters, and they lost two great inside linebackers, Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn. Do they have the kind of... Are they do, do they have the wherewithal to do this again to to hold teams in the twos as far as as far as uh, yards per carry? I I think they do. I mean, oh boy, they they're gonna have they're gonna have two new new inside. Actually, they're gonna have probably their top four guys at inside backer are gonna be new faces 
that most fans don't have a clue who they are. But the thing they have is they have a veteran defensive line or defensive lineman okay. led by Keanu Benton who can play who can play nose in a three front or he can play in the nickel in a two four five. He's probably the most indispensable player on that defense. You don't want to lose him because he can do so much and he's so good. So that will help take the pressure off the inside guys. The the outside linebacker depth is the best I've seen it in years. They had a guy in the spring, TJ Bowlers, who I thought had a tremendous spring, a touted kid uh, when they signed him. When we saw practice the other day, he was the fifth outside linebacker. That just shocked me. I mean, they're, they're really deep there. They've got playmakers there. The, the two areas of concern, um, you know, if Keanu Benton goes down and they're thin at safety because they, you know, they graduated their top two safeties. Um, they lost a guy to injury in the spring, and they had to bring in a transfer. So they're, they're a little bit thin there. But, yeah, I think their front seven can be really nasty. Jeff, we're always curious. We want to know outsiders' perspective about about Nebraska. You've seen Nebraska the last couple of years when they played Wisconsin, and they've fallen short now eight straight times against the Badgers. Not saying they beat them this year, but I'm curious. Is this a team from what you've seen that has that should have been making bowl games the last couple of years? And what is your in general view of the Scott Frost Scott Frost led Huskers from your view? Well, let's even expand it beyond Frost. And I, I may have mentioned this to you guys before, um, but. In my opinion, and I, I watched Nebraska growing up as a kid. Okay. When they were in the Big Eight. So I'm, I'm, I'm completely wow. familiar with the, wow. the history of the program. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they've ever had a championship-level defense since they joined the Big Ten. I think their last championship-level defense was when they had Sue, just wrecking people on You're the right. line. You're right. You're right, And I think that's I, – I just – you know, it's, I know the black history of the black shirts. I get that, the pride. But, I mean, if you just look at the Wisconsin matchup, other than one game, the 2012 Big Ten opener in Lincoln, that's the only time that they were able to control Wisconsin's ground game. And we all know what happened when the teams met again that, that oh, yes. season in Indy when I think Wisconsin, what, rushed for about 1,000 yards a game, whatever it was, <laughs> I can't like remember. That. But that, to me, has been the biggest difference. Yeah, under Frost, they've been mistake-prone, too many turnovers, they lose close games, but that's when you need your defense to be able to shut the other team down, you know, and say, okay, our offense is struggling today. We made some mistakes, but at least our defense will maybe win a game for us, steal a game or two for us. And to me, they just haven't had that. And when, when your defense just gets run over all the time, I mean, then the, that puts pressure on your offense. The guys like, hey, we got to score. We got to score. We got to score. We got to score because our defense can't stop them. You're right. Jeff Petrikas joins us, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Okay, I'm going to zoom out again a little bit here, Jeff. Are there five teams in the Big Ten West division that could win the that could win the West? Are there five legitimate contenders? Oh God, I don't. I would go with Iowa. Although I have a big question about what kind of play they're going to get at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got that's you know they won the West because Wisconsin stumbled at Minnesota last year. Wisconsin wins that game. Iowa's sitting at home. And they just they didn't get good quarterback play last year. I would go with Iowa, Wisconsin. I'm not sure about Minnesota. I, I I think people are not talking about Minnesota enough. And I think getting their offensive coordinator back, who was the guy that um, when Tanner Morgan in 2019 had his best year, I think that's huge for them. And that's a well coached team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care about T.J. Fleck the person, 
but as a football coach, that's a good staff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a team you, team you might look at, but I, I don't think there's five. I, I, won't, I won't say Purdue because their quarterback is solid, but he lost his best weapons. Um, mm-hmm. He did. I would go. I would go with Wisconsin, Iowa, and maybe Minnesota. Okay, and limit it to that. Okay, not 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 Purdue. I no. He just, just said no. I, I know they're coming off a good year, but I saw Wisconsin. That they, they had David Bell last year, and David Bell just torched Iowa. David Bell had a great day against yeah. everybody. Wisconsin just took him out of the game. Purdue couldn't run the ball, and then Purdue couldn't stop Wisconsin from running the ball. Grant Mertz, I think, threw eight passes in that game. And Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi just chewed up Purdue's ground. They did. I watched that game. Their yeah. defense. Yeah. And Wisconsin won going away third to 13. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Nebraska's off that week. I watched that game in its entirety. It was Wisconsin dominant. It wasn't a game in the second half. No, no. And I, will, I, sh- I should have mentioned this earlier when I talk about the offense and Graham Mertz. If Ches Malusi comes back of his torn ACL, and he yeah. suffered at Rutgers last year, and he's looked good in camp from what we've seen. Oh, boy. I think Braylon oh. Allen and Ches Malusi are capable oh, boy. of being both 1,000-yard rushers. Oh, boy. And that will take oh, the pressure boy. off the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, last question regarding that, uh, Jeff. Braylon Allen was already a stud last year at 17 years old. I mean, how much better can he be this year than last year, which he, he was already outstanding last year? I think the biggest difference, obviously, he'll, he'll be more comfortable. He'll be you know, know what to prepare for mentally and things like that week to week. But I think the biggest difference people might see is that they hope to use him and the other backs in the passing game more. And he's got really good hands. They didn't use him a lot in high school because high school backs generally run the ball, okay? But he's got really good hands, and he's a 240-pound back in the open field with speed. If you get him in the open field with a head of steam, I think he's going to win some matchups and break some tackles. So they're they're optimistic he can become a factor in the passing game. Jeff, always great stuff. Thank you for the time. We will chat with you again down the road. All right, guys. Have a good day. It's Jeff Patrikas, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. There are some harsh realities we're dealing with today. Have you noticed that? The The Jerry DiNardo tweet was a – we keep saying – Maryland a, football. Yeah, a cold slap in the face. Now we have the, the beat writer for the Wisconsin football team from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel telling us – that there's the potential for Wisconsin to have two 1,000-yard oh, rushers. Come on. Oh, please don't say it. I mean, my God. That's rough. Here's what I'd ask you, though. Ches Malusi had 815 yards last year. When, then he yeah, hurt his knee. I know. He had 815. He had 815 when he hurt his knee. Wouldn't you be tempted, though, every time to just give the ball to Braylon Allen, though? <laughs> Well, Malusi was good, but sip, like can't give it to you. Him every you time. love a big horse, yeah, I do. But you know what? The you, did you notice last late last year that big horse Braylon Allen? Every time he got tackled, he got up slow, yeah. and you thought, yeah. okay, he's hurt. And then he then he then he rush for nine yards on the next play. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be carrying linebackers he'd be with banged him. up. Oh, He'd be carrying fine. linebackers. He's good. he's good. Think about that two hundred and forty pounder. Hey, think about that two hundred and forty pounder in the context of Nebraska's inside linebackers are two twenty five and two twenty. He's 240. He's dragging guys. You, that's a big man to have to deal with for a 220-pound linebacker. I know. He's a big dude. That's why, again, if they could have two 1,000-yard backs with that guy probably going for by himself 1,700. This show has been rough today. Oh, well, rough for realizations about Nebraska. There's some realities that we have to deal with. 
was hoping for it. Speaking of realities we have to deal with. Yeah, you've been struggling with the game show. <laughs> it's been rough for you. You are 0-2 in the week. Call us up right now, 464-5685. Your chance to win a business box of bagels to Bagels and Joe. It is, of course, a wild card Wednesday. Who knows where it could go with this? It's not that wild card. You just had the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. That's where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is at. How about today, sports museum locations? Okay, all right. Is that fair? Yeah, like I, that love, I really like, like that, that one. Actually, yeah. All right, look at that. The Lions are jacked. The Lions are jacked. Four six four five six eight five. Shut up, simple. Starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. It gets to a point where you just want to yell, "Shut up, simple!" <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, simple. Call now to play. Four six four five six eight five. Shut up, simple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. All right, 464-5685. Call the down Sip and Trivia. 0-2 in the week, trying to get his first win of, this, of the week. How do you feel about uh, sports museum locations? Better than you probably think I do. Prob- better than you probably okay, think. Well, Gus is gone, so if you can hear me on the hotline, who do we have here? You're playing the game show today. Garrett. Garrett. Garrett, thank you for calling. How do you feel about... Uh, Sports Hall of Fames, where they're at. Oh, not good at all. <laughs> well, well, I, I love honesty. See, you feel better than, than Garrett here. So yeah, I'm probably the favorite in this game. You're, you're the favorite. Okay. I'm probably a touchdown favorite here. Well, don't throw a pick six. That all right. Very, that doesn't happen very often. All right, Garrett, here is your first question. What state is the Basketball Hall of Fame located in? Ow, I just need a state, not the city, just the state. Kansas. It's hit Kansas. I don't, I don't mind that guess. No, it's a good guess. Not right, but it's not correct. There's only one other state that it could be in, um, and that is me going for the steel, Massachusetts. You want to guess the city? Springfield. Wow. You only get one point for that. That is correct. 1-0 lead. Would you ever go to that place? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. For the 2-0 lead, Sip, here is your uh, first actual question. What state is the World Golf Hall of Fame located in? Hmm. Arizona. No, no, this is, this is for Sip. This is for Sip, Garrett. <laughs> this is Sip's Arizona, question. Right? It's not Arizona. <laughs> okay. This is mine, This Garrett. is Sip's question. If he misses it, you can steal, Garrett. Yeah. So hang tight. So, I, so I'm – yeah, I'm – I have to guess a state. Yeah. You can't lose a point here at all. The Golf Hall of Fame? Yep. Ooh, that's a tough one. Five seconds. Five. Four. I've been to the I'll say New York. Way. New York. I have been to the World Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, Garrett, do you want to steal or let, let that one go? If you miss it, you go negative I'll, one. Okay, I'll take another guess. Okay, go for it. Florida. St. Augustine, Florida is where it's at. I have been there. It's a cool place. They are apparently, though, moving it by next year, or 2024, to Pinehurst, North Carolina. Okay. So, right now so we, are we 1-1 one, one right one now? 1-1. One. Garrett, second question for you for the lead. Here we go. What city 
is the Hockey Hall of Fame located in? Toronto. Toronto is correct. What a comeback from Garrett. Sip, this is your last question to force the tiebreaker. Here we go. What city, Sip, is the College Football Hall of Fame located in? It's Hotlanta. All right, we're going to the tiebreaker. This goes to you, Garrett, and Sip will go over, under, your answer. Garrett, the College Football Hall of Fame first opened in Kings Mill, Ohio, before going to South Bend, Indiana, and now to Atlanta. What year did it open in Kings Mill, Ohio? I'll give you the year. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, give me the year. What year did it first open in Kings Mill, Ohio? 1978. I don't know if you Google that. Or if you just got it right, <laughs> but Sippy nailed it. It was 1978. So you are the loser today, despite having a 1-0 lead. And uh, that's rough. That's rough. I'm rattled. Garrett, I'm rattled. congrats. We'll get your bagels. Thank you for calling in and uh, calling down the road. All right. Congratulations. He nailed it. He nailed it. I don't think he looked it up. I it didn't sound. He had enough time to no, look it up. No, he would have had to just crank that yeah, Google. I mean, I mean when, you get the, when you get the year on the dot for the tiebreaker, or the tiebreaker on the dot in general, you deserve the win. He deserves all the bagels he can eat today. Yep. From bagels and Joe. Thank you. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, I thought you had it because you got the too. steal. I did too. I thought you get the golf hall of fame. I was ready for the horns. I was ready for those horns. I was. That, you, I'm rattled. You, I'm a legitimate seven-point favorite, and got upset today. Now I got to go to practice. Yep. So you want me to? You want me to check out Devin Drew? I do. Uh, Devin Drew better be ready, because there's, there's going to be a lot of clicking around him. Cameras clicking. Are you going to click a picture no, as well? No, I don't think so. I, well, I'm, yeah, Paparazzi I sip. Yeah. No, I don't think I do that. It's not really my cup of tea. I. What else do you want me to watch for? Uh, I'll well, probably I'd be like focused on defense. Well, why don't you throw a few minutes at, at uh, Casey Thompson to see if, he's getting, if he looks even sharper than he was last time. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, okay. If, see if you can see a, if, those, if the offensive line number ones are all figured oh, out. You know what else I should watch more closely this time that I didn't really watch all that closely last time is Frost. Okay. Yeah. Where, where's Frost? Where's he, what's he doing? What's, what's, who's Frost? Where's Frost training his attention? In the first 40 minutes of practice. Okay. Today. Well, we'll look forward to that report from you. Okay. But you're, you're bouncing? You're out? I got to bounce because okay. that thing, I got to get over there. Um, well, okay. We'll, we'll have a very short spillover, not with you, with DP and okay. Jay. Because I, I had to get going somewhere also. I got to be somewhere at 9 with a lot of stuff to do before that. So we'll do a short spillover with me and DP and Jay next on Early Break on the Ticket.